Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't despise what the Lord has given you. That is the simple and basic lesson of our reading from the Old Testament today, the tale of Jacob and Esau. And oh, if lessons were as easy to follow as they are to say. Despising what the Lord has given us has a very long tradition going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Recall that Adam and Eve were given everything that they needed in the garden. But of course, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil hung over their head daily. Then one thing that this was the one thing, of course, that God said they could not partake of. And one wonders how long they may have looked at that tree longingly uh, and obediently did what God said uh, to do or not to do, to refrain from eating that fruit. But over time, maybe they began to covet that fruit and to be unsatisfied with what they had and really to resent God for saying, how dare you say that we could not eat of this fruit? Remember, Genesis says that the fruit looked good to them to eat. And so the scene is told uh, in just a few verses about how Adam and Eve eventually did eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, we see it happen all at once uh, in this conversation with the serpent. But unless you hold to a young earth view of creation, six 24-hour days, etc., I think it's possible that Adam and Eve's relationship to this tree of knowledge of good and evil could have developed and darkened slowly over time as they focused more and more on what they could not have, they stopped looking at all the blessings that surrounded them. They no longer took note of the joyful work that they had to do, the delicious food they had to eat, the fresh water available to them, the harmony and the peace that they experienced daily. They were blissfully unaware of the prospects of corruption, or injustice, or violence, anger, apathy, or selfishness. And so it is in our own day that we can be similarly unappreciative of all the good that surrounds us. Yes, in our day, we can use a phone developed and manufactured by thousands of people on our behalf, connected to invisible technology that connects the world in a context of free expression and unprecedented prosperity, from the safety of our air-conditioned home and an online persona, and from all of that, we can complain about how rotten the world is as we sit in a comfortable chair, finishing off a glass of artisan wine and a plate of gourmet food. But I digress. What was the original point again? Oh yes, we despise what the Lord has given us. And yet that is exactly what we do when we covet. We are saying to God, the life that you've given me, the home that you've given me, the wife or, or husband that you have given me, the opportunities that you have given me, however meager or plentiful they may be, they're not enough. God, you are obligated to do more for me. From the moment that they were born, something was off with Jacob 
and Esau. In our reading today, it says that they struggled with one another uh, in the womb of their mother, Rebecca. Though they were twins, they were not identical. And, and scripture then tells us that they were always at odds with one another. Now, most strange was this, this word about them that the, that the elder would serve the younger. Right? Normally, of course, it's the other way around. But it was to be Jacob who was to be the father of the 12 sons who would eventually make up the 12 tribes. And, of course, the, the nation of Israel, as Jacob's name, was changed to Israel. Now, what did God have against Esau? Well, without getting into the subjects of foreknowledge and predestination, we can clearly see that Esau was, for all of his attributes, unworthy to father a nation. In our reading today, he is so famished, so desperate for, for that red stuff, as the Bible calls it, Jacob's stew, that he is willing to give up his birthright for a single meal. And consider then what Esau later named Edom, what he gave up. His father was Abraham, or grandfather rather, was Abraham. His father was Isaac. Surely he understood the stakes of this family lineage. Did he not know the, the blessings that were promised through God's covenant with Abraham? Did he not understand the richness of that covenant? Did he not understand what his birthright would have entailed? And to give it up for food? He could not see the blessings of tomorrow because of his desires for today. Are we any better? Are you? Sometimes it seems like we're either predisposed or manipulated to ignore the providence of God. Rather than daily thanking God, it seems like we find more and more reasons to be unhappy. Yes, I'm well aware that the world is imperfect, always has been. And yet, in spite of its imperfections, we can and we have raised children, sustained ministries, grown food, built houses, and on and on for a long period of time. In, in other words, in spite of the fact that it's imperfect, we have created a, a great abundance. Many of us, for example, are able to be specialists in one field, right? So we don't spend, say, 80% of our day merely growing food so that we can survive. We're specialists in one field. Other people grow our field, our food rather, transport it, etc. That's a good thing, right? Cars and, cars and planes, they are our modes of transport. We just ride on horses for, for fun, you know, to take a stroll through downtown or something. We don't have to grow our own food, source our own water, and probably none of us sleep in flea-infested hay beds that all of our ancestors did. But that isn't good enough. There will always be some who maintain that we live in the worst of times. Now, surely, some times are worse than others. But still, I have to wonder whether we are living in the worst of times, or if we are like Esau, forsaking what God has given us. Am I just missing the obvious, or are things really this bad? Are there injustices that demand not only my attention, but 
systematic overthrows? Am I blinded by privilege? Or are there oppressions going on like never before? I'm not only offering commentary on current events. It's long been noted that Americans are chronically unhappy. Time Magazine, just this last month, wrote, quote, folks in the U.S. are more unhappy today than they've been in nearly 50 years. Well, granted, the pandemic may have something to do with that, but this is a trend and a trajectory we've been on by uh, all of these surveys for a good number of years. So it does seem like we've forgotten how good we have it, doesn't it? Which brings me to our gospel lesson, the parable of the soils, as it really ought to be called. They're the important focus, not the sower. He's just doing his job. But only one kind of soil, or really life, bears fruit. The one that receives the word of God, treasures it, seeks to understand it, and applies it, and sees abundance as a result. Thirty or sixty or a hundredfold are the blessings of those who hear the word of God and do not trample it under the cares of the world, or under distractions, or apathy, or bitterness, or envy. The blessings are generational as well. One of the blessings of receiving God's word, for sure, is an eternal perspective. The Christian doesn't wake up one day and think this is all there is to reality. No, we have a broad view of reality, of not only past, not only biblical past, but our own past, but the future as well, our eternal future, which will be a lot longer than our present situation. Our daily troubles and fears and anxieties then do not define us. We can see beyond the here and the now. We're able to forgive also because we have been forgiven. That seems pretty important. We are seekers of peace. We begin and end our days with thankful hearts. Oh, how important is that in our well-being? We are content with what God has given us. How important is that in our well-being? You know, the last two commandments could be combined into one, granted, but thou shalt not covet. Surely the defining problem of our day, I know they're all rooted in the first commandment. It's really hard to pull any of them apart, to be honest, but thou shalt not covet. What's the problem with coveting? Isn't that what Esau's problem was? He denied his birthright because he so needed a single meal. When we're coveting, when we're unhappy, when we're not content with what we have, you can expect unhappiness to spread. If we forsake the word of God, as we see in these other soils, either by negligence or apathy or temptation, then we should expect that we would be people who forsake their blessings, who come to hate the present, people who can never be happy. If we do not want and love the word of God and the promises that he offers, then we will look to the promises of the world, hoping that they'll be an acceptable substitute. But they won't be. They'll come up short again and again. And so conflict then, because we cannot or will not receive the blessings of God or acknowledge them, will be the norm in our hearts, in our communities, and in the world. But there is a path to blessing. There is a promise of generational 
abundance, which, by the way, is the only way that 30, 60, or 100-fold takes place. That's not an overnight blessing of prosperity. That is a generational giving of blessing. And it's found in the hearing of the Word of God and welcoming the Word of God and loving the Word of God and living the Word of God. And when I say the Word of God, I mean really all of God. What's found in the Bible, the life and death of Jesus Christ, the good news, the community we call the church, which is where the Holy Spirit has promised to be. Now, I can't tell you to be good soil. It doesn't work that way. But I can describe a life that anyone should want. Just look at Jacob and Esau. One so despised his blessings that he gave them away for nothing. And the other was the father of a great nation. One trampled on the promises of God. One received the word of God. And his blessings were, well, are, still multiplied. I know the kind of life I want. And I know that it is only found in the word of God. That, then, is where I will look. Amen.